0: Hey there, true listeners. This is Kyle from the Longboxcast, and you're listening to another great 4Eyed Radio podcast. For more great shows, check out 4 And while you're at it, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash longboxcast.
1: Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the 4Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order.
0: Hi, welcome to Ballpark Bros, the show where we talk about sports. That's Tom, I'm Mike, and back in studio with us is
1: newly promoted junior host, David Dargarts. Yep, no longer a friend of the show, now an enemy. Was that time off that made you our enemy.
0: Yep. Well, they do say distance makes the
2: heart grow uh, colder. No, they don't. <laughs> exactly what happened.
1: So, uh, there was a baseball game last night. Yeah. Didn't really go too well for... My team, but Clayton Kershaw had himself quite the game. Indeed. He uh, pitched his third game, this well, fourth game this postseason, third start. Um, he went seven innings, allowed two hits, one walk, had six strikeouts, and shut the Cubs out before giving way to Ken Lee Jansen, who finished off the one nothing shutout. Um, it, this comes on the heels of him saving the series against the Nationals with uh, two-thirds of an inning and a strikeout to send them on to play the Cubs. I I thought the short rest. I thought the Cubs were going to be able to get to him a little bit. Yeah, and I was just dead wrong.
0: Well, I think he got his uh his jitters out of the way early in the series. Um, where against the Nats, where he got pulled after what was four or five innings.
1: Um, uh, five innings in the first game, and then he pitched six point two in the second game. He gave up
0: three runs and then five runs. Yeah, so he uh you know he just had to settle in and you know, actually get down to business. And I think bringing him in to close out that game really
2: helped. Did anyone watch that Nats game? Uh, I didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, I I was uh so I I listened to it on the radio and that 7th inning it was an hour and 6 minutes long. I did I
1: I got home from work. It was incredible to listen
2: to. I can Right as entered.
1: that ga- right as the that inning was ending. So yeah. I got to watch the 8th and ninth and I got to watch him come in for the save and as yeah. he's warming up in the bullpen I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, this is a genius move."
2: Yeah, it was. It really was. They yeah. they went through so many pitchers both teams in that game. It was just constant pitching changes.
1: Well, they they brought in Canley Jansen in the 7th. He pitched uh 51 yeah 51 pitches
2: um that was an amazing game i think that that dodgers nats game will go down in history as an amazing playoff game that no one will ever forget
1: that one and the one nothing cubs win over the giants in the nlds oh yeah lester and bumgarner dueling it out um javi baez with the monster home run to to win the game for them just amazing game uh for them for them there and then of course you know they dropped the one nothing decision to the dodgers this time around and
0: in, in what was really an, another amazing game well um, it's because there are only a finite amount of runs in the universe and if you uh if you shut somebody out eventually <laughs> it comes around that you have to get shut out right. well um in last night's game javier baez
1: he is taking this postseason over um he had a play last night there was it, any other infielder I think would have caught this ball. It gets hit right to the edge of the infield. He's standing in the grass. He lets it drop in front of him and bounce into his mitt. Yeah. Throws to second to get the first out. Addison Russell turns to throw to first, but there was nobody there as Rizzo had converged on the ball with Baez. So Javi Baez starts yelling at Russell, throw to third, throw to third. Russell throws the third to Bryant so that they can tag out Adrian Gonzalez. There's not a lot of guys in baseball who have that mindset when a ball is coming at him. Yeah, I mean, that's
2: a big heads-up thing.
1: The ball, yeah, the ball was going pretty slow, but those balls are still moving pretty fast. No matter you know, no matter how they come off the bat, you don't have a lot of time to think about this kind of stuff, and just the wherewithal to be able to to make that play, and then to instruct Addison Russell what to do with it.
2: Yeah what's well, that situational thing and i know that every sport really is kind of a situational thing in baseball you kind of have a little more time to like plan for what you know what you could do in a certain situation but not not really here because this isn't something that happens often you know like this isn't a situation that's just gonna jump out at you that you can capitalize on
1: well and most times i mean if that ball gets hit a little bit higher uh infield fly rule comes into play yeah, and exactly it, it doesn't matter at all so that that's another thing to think about is a lot of times these guys are told don't let you know don't let it drop because infield fly rule whatever else it doesn't matter so yeah. just catch ke- you know catch the ball make the out but in this instance it wasn't hit high enough for that
2: right it was a fairly atypical situation that that yeah he had the uh, he he got right in there as far as like what he was supposed to do he knew immediately what he was supposed to do in a somewhat rare situation yeah
1: but I mean he he's having quite the postseason batting three ninety one he had that solo home run to win the. Uh, game one of the NLDS he's got three RBI five runs he's walked once and in game
0: one of the NLCS he stole home.
2: Yeah. How do you he <laughs> was it like uh like in the in the sand lot where well, steals? was it uh, no it was more like in hook. Yeah. <laughs> oh okay All Lester
1: right. Lester went to bunt and didn't didn't make a play at the ball, kind of pulled back a little bit, well Javi had already started down the line. Catcher realized it, comes up, throws a dart to third well, Javi realizes, I'm done for, I might as well make a play for the plate, comes busting down the line, slides in under underneath the catcher's legs before the ball even gets to the catcher's mitt.
2: Yeah, and so here you're seeing, like, with these baseball players, it's not just their physical ability, it's their, their intelligence. Um how quick they are to realize that a situation is developing, that they can capitalize on it, you know, what to do in this situation. That's a very strong mental game. You know, very, very fun to see, uh, you know, their mental skill coming out. It's not just swinging the bat really hard. Yeah. Well, it's not just about pounding. It's Euro really bombers. nice to see from a guy like Javi.
0: All right. It's it's like, you know, for, for the players in the outfield, they uh, they have metrics now where they can track the efficiency of their path to a fly ball. Yep.
1: I love watching that when Kevin Pilar goes after one Pilar and Dexter Fowler in game one Two amazing grabs, one to the right, one to the left Um, Just laying out, broke his belt on the second one But just great plays by him He lost some points on efficiency for the broken belt Yeah, I think so I think it's a negative .4 Something like that Um, But Miguel Montero in game one of that series Pinch hit, grand slam The Dodgers thought they were doing the right thing intentionally walked these guys to get to to get to Montero who's hitting 216 on the season. You know, hasn't been doing well in the playoffs. Like they intentionally walked two base runners to get to Montero and he he's down 0-2 and with one thunderous swing of the bat, the Cubs are up 7-3 and before they can even finish celebrating, Dexter Fowler knocks
0: another one out. Well, you you got to make that call though every time.
1: I don't think the Dodgers did the wrong thing by trying to get to Montero. Um, they could have pitched to Chris Coughlin, who I mean isn't isn't doing that well right now, didn't do that well throughout
0: the season. Yeah, but I guess I figured, well, we've got an easy out coming up, and we don't have to let them score any runs to get to it. Yeah. Well, Montero made him pay,
1: and it was uh, just the third go ahead pinch hit Grand Slam in postseason history. Um, that's an oddly specific it is an oddly specific stat it really is that's baseball though it is yeah um over on the other side of things the alcs lots and lots of dominant pitching um indians won game one over the blue jays two did, to, two did to they? nothing yeah and they won game two two to one on in a game where no runs were scored after the third inning yep those but,
2: those games have, have been tough for me to watch, yeah. but uh, I mean, I'm happy to see good pitching. But you know, Jays are also known for their bats. They're known for their bats more than their pitching. I've I've loved their pitching strategy this whole time. Like I, um, you know, I sent I sent you those comments last week. About the pitching strategy, mm-hmm. uh, how they went with Stroman in the wild card, who I didn't think was the stronger, the strongest pitcher, um, but they knew that we could beat them with our bats, so that we could start Estrada in the first game against the Rangers, which a series that we swept. So I really liked the. Uh, I think the pitching strategy was brilliant. But yeah, we don't, we didn't have the bats at all against the Indians. We uh, they play game three today. Um, That's at eight o'clock tonight. I think so. Yes. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. pretty much all at eight. Yeah. I'm. I'm just a little
0: surprised that the Blue Jays haven't been able to get their bats going against these Cleveland pitchers. Yeah. Who I thought, out of the out of the teams in the postseason, I thought Cleveland had the weakest pitching.
2: Yeah, I thought that uh, it was a great matchup between the Indians. I thought there was a matchup that favored the Jays. Now, I didn't think this far ahead, obviously, because I picked the Jays to lose against the Rangers. So when we did those picks... Um, you know, I didn't foresee this, and I also didn't foresee the Indians still being here. Right. So, um, but I, I still feel that the Jays had they a, a want to talk about that either. He also said sometimes the
1: elements and the umpires are calling things for the Indians pitchers that they're not calling for Blue Jays pitchers. Yeah. Well, people have run some numbers, and in Game One, I believe it was, uh, there were ten missed calls on pitch, uh, miscalled pitches uh for the Indians and 11 for the Blue Jays. So I don't think his theory really holds up too well.
2: No, I don't think that there's any um, I don't think there's any veracity to any of this. I don't <laughs> think there's any chance at all that there's an actual Eric uh, has a con- note,
1: but I'm not going to say it on air. <laughs> oh boy. I don't want to alienate any listeners.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get into politics just yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in a few weeks. We l- we
1: love you all, Democrat or Republican, as long as you keep listening to us. You have to ignore them. Yeah. I and I would say if this was going to come from somebody on the Blue Jays, I'd expect it to
2: come from him. Yeah, no, just I, his personality. Right, and people are going to take it really, really, really seriously and be really pissed off at Joey. I don't think there's but, a reason to be pissed off. No, really. it's like you just you got to let him. You just got to let him be frustrated. I just, I mean, just got to shake
1: my head at it. Really, yeah, like I just
2: all. yeah, I don't even really pay that much attention to it. It's like players say things, whatever. Yeah, he's 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 not about to go hire a crack team of lawyers to figure this out. He's just pissed. Yeah, you know, well, <laughs> he's I, not he's not happy with how things are going. Right. Well,
1: I get it. But, you know, just on top of accusing the Indians of stealing signs, then this comes out. It just seems like the wheels might be falling off now for the Jays. I, I hope that's not the case. I would still like to see this series go, you know, six or seven games. But it, it does seem like things might be unraveling for them off of the field right now. Well,
0: really, it's, it's honestly up to Bautista to change it. If, if he thinks that uh, things aren't being fair, he needs to use his bat yeah. and uh, sock
2: a couple of dingers and bash a couple of dongs and, and get the you team can't right back into that. Deadspin says that. I know. Yeah he, uh, yeah, he could definitely just, you know, play better. It's whatever the conspiracy is, it's not going to keep the Blue Jays from scoring runs like they've got one in two games here. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. It,
1: even if even if there is this big conspiracy, you'd think the Jays would be able to do something. I don't think the conspiracy is is so widespread that you know it's kept them to one run. Their no. bats have also kept them to one run. Yeah. Also, the Indians' defense has been tremendous. Yeah, they've been terrific. Uh, Lindor has made a couple of pretty amazing plays at short, and Kipnis has made a few himself at second. So. It uh, it's a good series all around for the Indians right now, and I know we didn't repick things after Boston got knocked out for the AL side. Nope, my pick would have been the Indians regardless of this two zero start. What about you guys?
0: Um, well, I don't know. I think I think it probably would have been the Indians, but there's there there's no way to count out Toronto and their bats, and I still think this game this series has a few more games in it.
2: Yeah, I. I and i know it's going to sound homery but i still would have gone with the jays against the indians i still i still think that the jays indians white uh matchup is a really good one for the jays but i mean we're we're not seeing that now but i i think if we would have repicked i would have picked the jays just because they just swept the rangers and the rangers were so dominant this year right you know they back we back into the uh the top wild card spot um, we beat baltimore in such dramatic fashion and then with seemingly no trouble at all they sweep the rangers yeah um so So, So I think that was kind of telling and that kind of informed me that, okay, Jays woke up again. Uh, And when this happens throughout the season and they'll be asleep for a little while, then they'll wake up and they'll win a million games in a row. And I thought that that's what we were going to see here. But the Indians, I guess, didn't really care about that.
1: No, they have their own agenda right <laughs> yeah, now, I think.
2: Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, it's like th- there are two teams here, and they've all got their own um, motivations and their yeah. own desires and emotions and everything, and they've each got their own skill. Right. So So after what
1: we've seen so far on the NL side, we're all still on the Cubs?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, really, the, the Dodgers are just going to have to play better if they want to. I saw
1: a meme saying Kershaw was just announced as a starter for games three, four, five, six, and
2: seven. (laughs) Yeah, basically. I don't, yeah. Kershaw. Pretty
0: much. He's the only one that that the Cubs
2: really. Yeah. Mata Hill. The score uh, was one nothing because of Kershaw.
0: Yeah.
1: I I don't think Mata or Hill are going to be able to do very much against the Cubs. Um, Kershaw is one of those, he's one of those once in a lifetime pitchers. Of course, you know we've got like six of those right now in the league. Yeah, but how's that work? Six in a lifetime. Six pitcher. in a lifetime. He's one of those
2: six in a lifetime yeah. pitchers.
1: You know, him, Bumgarner, Arrieta, Lester this year. Uh, it just, you know, the list. The list can go on. He's these dominant pitchers that, yeah, you're not, you're not going to get much more than three hits off of them. So you better make those three hits count. You know, no one else on the Dodgers staff is even close to Kershaw right now. So,
0: well, they just. Uh... They need to worry more about getting to the Cubs pitchers than they do pitching a great game. It's a little easier said than done with uh,
1: top two in the NL in ERA with Lester and Hendricks. I think Lester had
0: two four four, Hendricks had two thirteen. Well, lean in to those
2: inside pitches. Yep. Get yourself a couple of bases. That's how Tom got through little league. Yep. His on base percentage was through the roof. He has a couple concussions that he can't blame me for. Who?
1: So over in the world of the NBA, Chris Bosh is currently on the outs with the Miami Heat. Um, he's he's he going to Cleveland. Uh, LeBron would probably like it. Uh, he's had blood clot issues, and so they wanted to be they wanted to be very cautious with him coming back. And they've been a little overly cautious at times. Uh, he's been he's been cleared by a doctor at one point, and they still weren't too keen on playing him. And Now, obviously, the blood clot's have returned, so he was sidelined this past year for a good chunk of the season. And now it seems like the Heat aren't going to let him suit up for them again. But they're also going to wait until the deadline for players to be released to make it onto another team for the playoffs. It's like March 3rd or something like that. If you're released after that date, you can't play in the playoffs for another team. So what you're saying
0: is that the Heat are just being a bunch of whiny children? Well, it is a business yep and
1: so they release him and he goes and signs in boston and the heat play boston in the first round chris bosh has that extra motivation maybe has four double doubles and boston sweeps miami it's a business decision and i understand that i don't blame them for it however when you're making those types of business decisions you need to be careful because now when i don't know who the next big
0: for free agents absolutely and it's i i think you need to be a little more upfront with the player in this situation, too. And, you know, if you plan to do that, just tell them, hey, we plan to do this. I mean, that sure, that makes you look evil and, and, and you know, like the Steinbrenner-ish. Yeah, but at least everyone knows what they're walking into.
1: I don't get why they don't try to trade him for at least a couple of draft picks. Because they're dumb. I don't think Pat Riley is dumb, Tom. Well... Tommy... Who? So, David, what are your thoughts on the Heat doing this to Bosch?
2: I wish there wasn't so much drama when it comes to these situations. As, you know, I'm, I I agree that they like just put everything out in the open like, "Hey, here's a situation. This isn't new. We've been doing professional sports for a million years. Everybody does this kind of thing. You know, let's sit down and talk about it." Instead, you have all these wars in the media and all this social media crap. Everybody's mad at everybody. Everything just looks dramatic and childish when, like we've said, it's a business decision. Everybody should know that by now. Like if you're still confused that sports, uh, you know, sporting teams aren't companies.
1: I mean, sometimes,
2: sometimes. Why did they do that? It's like, well, they, they probably talked about it. They didn't yeah. talk to us about it. I think that's another problem, too. Like, the fan, like the public, you know, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. Maybe every single one of these things is discussed in right. a meeting with everybody, and maybe we're just spinning it, you know? Right.
1: That, I mean, that could be The too. media I mean, and the
2: public could just be spinning it when there's really no drama at all going on in that building. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a good chance that the Heat have talked to Chris Bosch about this and that Chris Bosch is at
2: peace with that decision.
1: We don't know, but I I still think it's bad form for them to do it this way just because they're not going to they're not going to be able to attract free agents in the future right so um not a lot of shockers in college football this past weekend uh one game looked like it was going to be a shocker uh wisconsin was leading osu 16 to 6 at the half osu scored a couple of touchdowns one in the third and one in the fourth and then um Wisconsin took the lead 23-20 before OSU tied it at 23 to send the game to overtime. Uh, Wisconsin was, Pretty dominating in the first half of this game. Yeah, they were.
2: Um, they had Ohio held at three points for a long time. Yeah, I was kind of shocked every time I checked that score. I wasn't able. I wasn't able to watch that game because I was busy doing something else. But uh, every time I checked that score, I'm like, where? What's happening? What's yeah. happening? In OSU right now? Like, okay, they're on the road, and that's whatever. And Wisconsin's great, and that's whatever. But still, three points. Right for, from the you know from the number
1: two team of the nation.
0: Right. So well, I mean, you you see they they held they held Michigan to fourteen when they lost to them and it's their defense is very special
1: yeah i mean yeah wisconsin's not a pushover but you know by any means there's uh, they only dropped
0: two spots from number eight to number ten in the new rankings so right right and you know i i had i had picked wisconsin to to upset this game right. but uh they just kind of didn't keep it
2: going in the second half yeah it did seem like you were going to be right about that as i was watching the scores
1: yeah um osu did win in overtime uh jt barrett passed to noah brown for a seven yard touchdown They made the pat and wisconsin couldn't answer uh their quarterback was sacked on fourth down uh, ending the game and sealing the victory for ohio state so we're at uh alabama number one osu number two michigan number three they moved up because uh clemson did not have a good game yeah um I I was going to make a post about this on the Facebook page. Check out our Facebook page, Ballpark Bros. We were going to do a giveaway, but nobody entered. So I will do the same giveaway with a different question with the same prize. Check our Facebook for details. Um, it's a good prize. It is. It's Michael Jordan. The prize is not Michael Jordan himself.
2: Well, it's related to him in some way, and that should still be exciting. It should be. I think it is. I
1: Yeah. I've, if, if nobody enters, I'm just
2: keeping the book for myself. Yeah. You guys can borrow it, but I'm keeping it for myself. Right. We'll hold a contest where you guys can borrow it.
1: But... Neither a borrower nor a lender be. That's true. I've given you a lot of things over the years you haven't returned. Exactly. Like my general hospital DVDs. So... Uh, look, at, look at the schedule for Ohio State and Michigan um, for the rest of this season. Ohio State travels to Penn State. They host Northwestern, number eight Nebraska, travel to Maryland and Michigan State. In that same time, Michigan hosts Illinois, travels to MSU, hosts Maryland, travels to Iowa, hosts Indiana. And then we have the big matchup, Michigan OSU down in the shoe. They're ranked two and three right now. I don't see either one of them losing any of those
2: games. Even the yeah. game where they play each other. Well, I'm leading up to that game. Yeah, no, I yeah. don't either. Yeah, I, I don't see either, be...
1: either one of them losing losing any of their games between now and then. Yeah, I don't either. Um, now the number one team in the country, Alabama, in that same time this weekend, they host number six Texas A and M, and then two weeks later, travel to LSU. Number twenty five, LSU.
2: Yeah, I think Alabama will win that one. Um then they host Mississippi State, host Chattanooga. I don't see LSU winning. Honestly, they haven't been doing too great against them. I mean they're they're four and two and they're four and two, yeah, but you ag- know, against Alabama, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing it. Uh, I I like to have a little bit more
1: trouble against LSU than they will against AM. Um I actually well, not to give away our picks for this coming Saturday, I actually kind of expect Alabama to crush AM. So spoilers, yeah, well, it's not like we're good at this anyway because I pick it that way that means a and gonna crush bama we we've, we've we're done doing picks guys we're done
2: yep, it's over
1: we're gonna here's what we're gonna do from now on. We're just gonna have Eric pick yep our producer's gonna
2: pick he doesn't know anything about anything and
1: he's going to do better yeah,
2: than we have ever He's done. gonna nail it he picked a really he dropped until his team lost I, I described that uh a couple different ways his was, was stunning and it's it's a. It's only one game. Well,
1: and in game two, he just had two shots on goal, and that's
2: it. Right, and it's you know that one game was still an historic one with the four goals in his debut game. So obviously, he is good, even without right. scoring anything in the second game. He's he is really really good. Like I'm excited to see what happens this year with him. People want to throw Gretzky's name out immediately. Wow, well, yeah, but it's you can't do that after just one game. No. Like okay, so Gretzky didn't score four, four in his first game. You can't do that after <laughs> three thousand games. Well, yeah, we got to wait a few more. Games. No, nobody's
0: Gretzky. You really can't do that because Gretzky would have uh, led the Leafs to a victory.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what Tom, Tom said after we after that game um, when all these Gretzky comparisons were being made. Gretzky said, "Well, yes, Gretzky would have went out there in overtime and got that fifth goal." Um, yeah, now I I was very impressed. I
1: think it's I think he's going to have a good career. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of top picks kind of falter in recent years looking at you edmonton's entire roster um, they're going to be good this season They're going to make the playoffs Edmonton? Yes I tend to agree But I, you just look at it And they haven't had a lot of success Right out of the right out of the gates With some of these kids But I, th- I do believe they, they do have it together But no Matthew's put together A really good first game I think there's a lot to build on As the season goes on And if Toronto's going to be Competitive I do believe that It's all on his shoulders
2: Yeah I think that Toronto's getting a lot closer To having a team that might You know Squeeze into the playoffs again they haven't been there in a little while. Yeah. Um, they haven't been even close. But they got a lot of these they you know, they got cadre, they got these younger guys who can be good, right? Um
0: Well and they finally have a a GM who knows what he's doing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They Lou got
0: Amarello, he's he, yep. he, he was the GM in New Jersey and he Got them
2: three Stanley Cup victories. Yeah, is not gonna screw up.
0: He turned that team from what Wayne Gretzky once described as a Mickey Mouse operation uh to a champion yep. in less than a decade.
2: Yeah, with with Lou at the helm, I think Toronto's got a chance to uh what's the what's their Stanley Cup drought? Something like nineteen sixty or nineteen uh, fifty? I think it's like sixty seven years. Yeah. Isn't that cute? <laughs> championship droughts yes we're talking about long championship droughts here with the chicago cubs fan isn't that cute he's been waiting 108 years yes i personally have sitting been right there in this chair 108 years
1: uh i'm gonna go ahead and throw it to you guys for a little bit of women's hockey i'll be completely honest i did not catch any of the action and did not even uh really check the scores with all the baseball it's, excitement going on this weekend also i need to kind of take a little break from talking my throat's getting a little
2: sore it was a pretty busy weekend boston had their home opener the boston pride against the buttes yep they it, sold out yeah too which they is sold great. out which is cool because maybe they'll get a that that right there says maybe they'll move into bigger venues right and sell out those and get so many more people in there to watch them
0: well and uh it also helps that they're the uh, reigning champions, and yeah. they won their first three games. They uh, defeated the the Buttes 2-1 to one in, in a shootout on Saturday. Um, uh, goal scorer was Jordan Smelker for the Boston Pride, and then Shand Darcangelo scored for the Buttes in the third to tie it up and send it to overtime. And so they come away with the win there, and the Buttes have been playing really well too. um their results don't necessarily say that, but the way they've played in these games certainly does.
2: One thing I want to say too, like really quickly about the uh, about the NWHL's um, fan interaction is really great. I, they have to do it at this stage. When you're a four team league, you kind of do have to do a lot of a lot of legwork to reach people, but. In the off season, they held a uh, they held a vote for each team. They came up with uh, new new uniform designs for every team. Two two new uniform designs that everybody could vote on. So, for example, the Riveter the New York Riveters they put up two mock designs. You voted on them, and uh, that's the uniform they went with. I thought that was really cool because the Buttes went from their what gray and black, yeah. <laughs> to, to blue. Now they were they,
0: yeah they had a little bit of blue piping on on last year's jersey, and actually they. They did hold a vote uh, for the inaugural season for those jerseys. Yeah,
2: as well, right. And so I think that's really cool to get fans into it. Um, I, I love New York's uniforms; those red ones are awesome. Yeah. Might, I'm 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 planning on getting an Amanda Kessel jersey pretty soon here. But uh, and then yeah, our second game. Uh, speaking uh, of the Riveters, that was the, the Riveters, Riveters and, and the Whale. Yep,
0: it was uh, also sold out. The New York Riveters, who play in the New Jersey Devils, uh, the sort of practice rink that's connected to the Prudential Center yep and that's that's where they had the uh, the finals last year for the NWHL and then the uh, the riveters go and move in there for this season and they uh, they sold that out too which is great. both games were sold out
2: for this uh this past weekend and it's cool to move into that venue because yeah it's a it's a practice rink but it's a practice rink at a new at a new nhl stadium and that's a really cool thing to do you get to say that you play where the new jersey devils play uh and people are more likely to come see you even if it's the practice rink right um you're, you're you get to go into an nhl stadium and see this game being played
1: we need to take a road trip and go see one of these
2: oh yeah i definitely plan to i've been looking at i've been looking at the schedule trying to figure out which one of these i can go to because you know they're they're only in those four cities right now right. i think buffalo is
0: probably the easiest for us yeah Buffalo. Right.
2: yeah being in toledo buffalo isn't that hard for us to get to well i was um, thinking
0: maybe Uh, go see a riveters game on a weekend that the devils also have a home game and yeah see uh, i finally get to see a devils game uh, where they're the home team
2: yeah that'd be fun yeah but yeah no we do plan on getting out to one of these games it's so hard with how far far away they are we go to games all the time um you know, among, uh, throughout all the different sports, but usually we're trying, we're going to games that are within a few hours yeah. from, from Toledo, Detroit, where we're based, Cleveland, Cincinnati, right. Indianapolis, but Buffalo's not that, not that much of a stretch. Um, I would love to, I would love to go as far as Buffalo to see a women's hockey game. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be interested in doing that. And yeah. I think all of our listeners should too.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely, a, it's a great sport. NWHL is so much fun to watch. You got very talent. You got Olympians here. Pretty much everybody here played. You know, for Boston College, Boston University, Minnesota Gophers. Like you're dealing with the top American players, and many you've got many Russians, and you've got some Canadian. You got Japanese national team goalie playing for uh, the Riveters so you're you're you have world-class hockey players on these teams yeah it's worth traveling for it, it's it's definitely something to look into for those of you who are in those areas yeah definitely yeah i i think you should i'm i mean i can't imagine ticket prices are you are even that bad like i you think guys. they're
0: right around 15 bucks
2: yeah so that's great you know you guys can just travel down one of those games and you know soak it in try to get as excited as we are about it
0: yeah so on that in that uh uh, game between the Riveters and the whale, the, uh, the whale won it four to two. Um, they had four different goal scores for, uh, Nicole Connery, uh, Nicole Costa, Molly Angstrom and Kelly Babstock were we the had, scores for the whale. Yeah.
2: You know, we had four goals in that first period too, two, two yeah. from each team. It's nice to see a competitive game. Both these games have been very competitive. You got the two to one, you got the four to two, you got close scores there.
0: Right. And it's, I mean, uh, they're all, they're all good teams. Uh, but, you know, the, the Pride are really, they're
2: the the best team. Boston stacked. Yeah. They're pretty much, being in Boston and having Boston University and Boston College there, um, it seems a little bit like an unfair advantage because these women don't have to, like, really change addresses to play right. <laughs> for them.
0: Well, and um, also there's a... There's a Canadian Women's Hockey League, which uh, they don't pay their players. Yeah. But Boston has a team in that as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, just like jumping really quickly here. Um, tickets are $15 for ge- its general admission. Okay. And there is also an option, and I highly suggest that everyone takes advantage of this when they buy their tickets, to donate to the National Women's Hockey League in a- in addition to the price that you're paying for your ticket. Um, it-, it looks like it could be any... Any amount of money you would want it to be, so you can pay fifteen dollars for your ticket and chip in another seven
2: dollars. Yeah, and, and a,
1: you know that's still an incredibly low price for a professional sporting event. Yeah, but, I
2: think so. And what what's a good draw for me too about like buy like what gets me more what makes it more likely for me to like buy apparel is that money is going straight to the players. So if you buy yeah. um you know if you buy a Hillary Knight jersey for 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 the Boston Pride, it's one hundred twenty dollars. Some of that money is actually going to Hillary Knight. 15%. Yeah, so that's that's a pretty decent amount of money going straight to the player. <laughs> I mean, obviously... Players in other sports get paid too from jersey sales, but they right. al- but
0: they also have inflated contracts and you know can make millions of dollars. The uh, the top contract in the NWHL right now is twenty six thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, that's Amanda Kessel. And another thing about like how I was saying about how the Boston teams are so you know it's they're so stacked because of those colleges right there. Amanda Kessel played in Minnesota and she had to move to New York to play for the Riveters, and then she has to travel from New York City to New Jersey to practice and to play and that's a two-hour trip across that bridge you know so you're you're making twenty six thousand dollars trying to survive in new york city and then make a two-hour drive to work every day it's you know it's pretty tough
1: well but well ho- hopefully uh, big brother phil can help her out a
0: little bit.
2: yes yeah <laughs> unfortunately the rest of these players right, don't always right. have a big brother in the, in right, the nhl right. who's yeah
0: well and it's, it's it's another thing too that um a lot of these players are making the choice to play uh professional hockey over say coaching at a at a college right. or a high school where they would make considerably more
2: yeah uh,
1: it's they've put out a good product that i think it, they just need to get the word out now their social media accounts are great
2: yeah they're all very active uh, we've
1: actually, with the page, I believe we've followed all four teams, yep. all four teams and, um, on, on, on Twitter and everything, which check us out at Twitter, uh, at 4E ballpark bros. Uh, we, we've retweeted a few things from, uh, from the women's hockey and a couple other things from individual players and whatnot. So you can check out all the NWHL stuff over on our Twitter too. Um. I going to hop into football now. Uh, we're going to start off with Cam Newton. Okay. So we're, we're going to go back, and we're going to go through the timeline here. All right. Cam Newton plays a subpar game against the Falcons. Right. Skips into the end zone like a five-year-old. Yes. Gets lit up. Mm-hmm. Kablamo. Exits the game with a concussion. All right. Misses the next game. Which is good. And is spotted out on the streets riding a scooter without a helmet that's
2: not the sidewalk the actual honest to god streets Mm -hmm. that's a poor decision well he had brain damage from that concussion and he didn't know better then
1: returns to returns to the field this past sunday yesterday right struggles again well that's to be expected and then throws a hissy fit and exits his press conference after 90 seconds
2: yeah i thought we were done with that i thought that was just a super bowl thing uh um, this one was shorter than the Super Bowl. I know, I know. And I don't I don't get that. We've talked about his maturity before. It's I, I was reading a story and I don't know where I was reading it, uh, but the writer the writer at the end was saying something about like It's no different from any other player doing that. And I'm trying to think, though, how many losing quarterbacks do that? Yeah, what other player does that? I've never seen Alex Smith just this is how he fires his shots to the coaching staff, is in these 90-second press conferences where he ends up just getting up and walking out during a legitimate question you know, yeah, like maybe you should like talk to your coach if you've got a problem 'cause yeah. or is he trying to is he trying to get the media to do it by saying this? I don't know i I just think it's so passive aggressive and do <laughs> you well, want passive aggressiveness from a ball player? It seems like he wants Rivera gone right.
1: with some of these comments and I is he trying to create a hot seat using the media would uh would ownership even want to do something work with reporters before Right but but they've never stormed out in the yeah. middle of a in the middle of a press conference Right during during a a good question too yeah yeah I don't know it's it's something's going to keep going on until Ownership makes him address the situation. And but
2: I, I get not being really happy after that game. Um, you know, as a saints as a saints fan watching us win, I was not happy. I'm not happy winning forty one to thirty eight right that 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 sucks. I mean, that's the saints defense. We will let anybody go blow for blow with us, and it will always come down to, I guess, last possession, right?
1: Well, uh, hopefully the situation gets addressed. Hopefully the NFL stops trying to force Cam Newton down our throats as the new face of the NFL because he's you know they they're all about this play 60 movement and setting a good example for kids and everything athletes should not be role models for kids i firmly believe that but it, the nfl thinks that they should and, and cam keeps...
2: cam actually is really good with the kids like he goes out and does a lot of stuff with his community and with the kids
1: well that's but great. but, but they're yeah still watching him on sundays and they're still seeing him act this way
2: yeah exactly so yeah the kids the kids are getting both of these things so they yeah they might be a little confused about right. how to act
0: well and you know he's out there he's helping with those kids and the, then those kids will start to look up to him and then they'll think Oh that's the way you're supposed to act during a football
2: game Yeah and, I, and honestly I, I want to see Cam come around And be like I want to see him Continue to be a good football player Because he is a pretty good football player yeah, I, no. I'd love to see his attitude I'd love to see a change of attitude with right, Cam yeah, we're,
1: we're not rooting against him we're, We would like for him to be better With the losses and You know maybe a little more it's just Gracious come, with the yeah, victories too because I know that, and we've talked flash when he wins, and one one step at a time.
2: But we talked before about like how we don't want to tell players how to act, but this is a little toxic. You know, this is a little different than Odell Beckham destroying a a kicking thing.
1: Right. This is going to infect the
2: locker room at some point. Yeah. When you see your leader doing this kind of thing. Right. Does he talk to his teammates? Like, does he treat his teammates in this way? Who knows? Right. In meetings, does he treat his teammates like this and the coaching staff like this where he just ignores them, looks at the floor and says, I'm just following orders and all that crap? you know yeah. uh, so who knows hopefully that turns around because it, it is getting it is kind of getting out of control yeah, it's I, getting a little toxic um it's a story now we talked we've been talking about it for about 10 minutes here yeah the I'd media love, talks about I'd it i'd love long. for this to be the last time we talk about
1: it this season i really would yeah but i don't think it's going to be i for i i definitely expect to be talking about this on next week's show too yeah but so uh, Tom and I, after we were heading home from the show last week, had uh, Dan Levitard on the radio for some reason. Um, and he, they, they were discussing a conversation they had had with Robert Ory, a uh, pretty average basketball player. Uh, won five champion, five or six championships throughout his career, maybe more. I might be shortchanging him. And they had once asked him, "Would you trade your rings for Charles Barkley's career?" Now, Charles Barkley, a phenomenal career statistically, never won a championship. Or he said he would take the career stats over the rings. They called up Trent Dilfer and asked him the same question Would you trade your career? Or would you trade your, your uh, ring for the career of a guy like uh, Philip Rivers, who has all these yards and touchdowns, or a Dan Marino, Dan Marino or yeah. you know a Warren Moon, these types of guys? And Trent Dilfer said, Yes, he would trade the ring mm-hmm. for the stats.
0: But then he also said that he 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 said that winning a championship is everything, but then so is uh playing to your potential playing to your potential mm-hmm. and he he felt like
1: he didn't do that through his career mm-hmm. and so he would trade. He would trade the ring for that experience, for being the best that he could be.
2: Yeah, there's that, and you like to be you like to be named in the pantheon too. Right. Like we talk about Marino and Moon as these legendary players. We're not going to talk about Trent Dilfer as a legendary player. Right.
1: He's he's so, always the, he's always the example when your team is so good, but your quarterback is so bad. He's always the example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Ravens did it with Trent Dilfer. Right. It's and, gotta hurt to be that guy.
2: Yeah, and I could see it. I like I'm trying to see it from his point of view, and I sort of can. It's like. You you want to be listed with these other names. You want to be thought of and remembered. And everybody wants to be remembered, especially athletes. And are they going to remember Trent Dilfer forever? Are, are they going to remember him longer than, you know, all these other guys? Are they going
0: to remember him uh, after his uh, TV analyst career is over?
1: Yeah, right. He's he's always going to be that punchline, him and Brad Johnson.
0: Right, yeah, You know, of
2: two, the Bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah. Two, two of the probably worst quarterbacks to win to Super Bowl. To win a Bowl. Super Bowl,
2: yeah. Yeah, no, I I can see it. I could see it in some cases. You know, you're asking these guys who are who they're not like flashes in the pan, but they're not the reasons that they won the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, definitely. At least, especially in the Buccaneers' case when they won that Super Bowl, uh, he was not the reason they won that Super Bowl. No, I mean, he
1: did have Johnson. a great Super Bowl. However, yeah. that was it, the defense did it. What they had two or three defensive touchdowns in that Super Bowl and just yeah. absolutely dominated yeah. Rich Gannon and the Raiders. But um, I
2: I would be interested to hear. Uh, Eric, can we get Dan Marino on the show? I don't think he's busy. Yeah, he give us a thumbs up. All yeah, right, Eric's gonna work on that for us. Yeah, we're uh, not gonna make any promises that he'll be here next week, but he'll be here next yeah.
1: week. Oh yeah, Dan Marino in studio. He's gonna fly.
2: We're gonna fly him all the way to Toledo. I don't think he uh, knows where we are. I I would be interested to see
1: what what a guy like Dan Marino would have to say about it, or a guy like Warren Mootet would have to say about it. Would you trade all of those passing yards and all of those passing touchdowns to? be a guy like Trent Dofer, who maybe only threw for a quarter of the yards that you
2: threw for but you still get that Super Bowl ring. Right. Like, yeah, that'd be an interesting. Yeah. Well, I uh, think
0: Dan Marino would just want to be drafted a year earlier yeah. or <laughs> uh, a couple picks earlier.
2: Yeah, yeah. Probably.
1: If he would have been, if he would have been the quarterback of those Steelers teams.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, that would have been sick.
1: Uh but uh I I don't know. I mean, none of us have, we've all been athletes at one point in our life, but obviously never on any kind of grand stage. <laughs>
2: no, not, um, not even.
1: I've had personal success. I've had team success. Um, I think that the team success was always more rewarding for me.
2: Yeah. I don't think that I can really comment, honestly. Like, I don't, I don't think that I'm anywhere close to being able to comment on what I would want one or the other like yeah obviously I have a lot of pride and you know I've got an ego and I I would love for people to know who I am but at the same time like I would also like to look down at my hand and see that thing there yeah so yeah
0: it's it's a difficult question to answer for a lot of the athletes see I I had the team success and I was I was really not that great at my chosen sports and it was always nice to get the team win but you I I kind of agree with Trent Dilfer a sentence i never thought i'd say um it would have been nice to have pushed myself that little bit harder to see you know see what what can i do what am i actually capable of right in and you know if that had come at the expense of the team success i don't know how i would feel about that right
1: yeah i mean uh tom, tom and i did track uh, it, while we were in high school and it, i god bless tom for all the heart that he had <laughs> he just didn't have the legs to do it well but he was always the greatest teammate yeah and I, I i as someone who had the who had the personal success on the track i do know what it felt like but i don't think i was as good of a teammate as tom was and i i wish i would have been as good of a teammate as tom was
2: yeah i think maybe whatever side of this you're on you're gonna want the other side i think so too I, yeah. I
1: really do um and like i said you know the the winning as a team always felt better to me than winning by myself. So, um, I, it's, it's an interesting debate. And obviously, you know, for us on a small scale, it's, it's a little bit easier to talk about, but yeah, interesting to hear both Ori and Dilfer say that they, that they would take the stats. Yeah.
0: Right. And, uh, they they had also said about do you think Philip Rivers would want to trade with Eli Manning
1: i think that's a no brainer because they have similar stats and right. eli has two rings i think philip rivers totally. would want to now they could have th- <laughs> yeah uh, that draft um i think maybe a a better comparison for philip rivers would be a guy like Brad Johnson yeah would you know would you cut your numbers in half to add a super bowl ring
2: right but
1: uh, interesting debate and i you know i hope to hear more from other from other athletes on this Uh, hopefully, hopefully Dan makes it to studio next week and we can (laughs) ask him. Tom just destroyed our entire operation. Oh, my God.
2: Tom Tom just sacrificed his knee for the show, but almost blew up the entire table that has all the important machinery on it that makes this show possible. The The cans and string. We would have been out dozens of dollars. Literal dozens. (laughs) But anyways. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes.
1: That's going to be a thing, right?
0: Uh, well, Uh, they, uh... Las Vegas approved a bill to fund a stadium, so they clearly want a team there., yeah, and you, they have for some time, yep well, they got the hockey franchise. Yeah, yep, they're getting hockey next year. And they uh, uh, owner Mark Davis has said that he will be, you know the next team to move and he will move to Las Vegas. Um, and right now it's not it, it won't happen next year. at the earliest it's going to happen is 2019 but the raiders do still need 24 owners to okay it and with the way they acted after this last attempt to move i don't know if they're going to get that
1: well i think a lot of it will depend on how well the las vegas hockey franchise does
2: yeah i think that sports uh, will do really well in las in las vegas i don't i don't know what the history of is of sports being there People have always thought it's not a great place for sports, but I'm not sure why they think that. We had the we we actually had the Las Vegas uh Wranglers East Coast Hockey League team there for a while. Yep. But they and you know that's just East Coast Hockey League, that's a couple leagues down from the NHL. But they are fairly popular and uh The NBA
1: does fairly
2: well when they do their
1: preseason games out yep. there and did did they do the All-Star game out there or is that coming up?
2: Uh, I'm not 100% 100 sure on that one, but like I don't understand what the aversion was to putting pro sports there i think the gambling yeah well yeah that's true it's the the gambling gambling. yep there it is
0: well and it's that and they 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 think well are there going to be any actual fans of the team or is it just going to be a bunch of out of towners coming for when their team is in town
1: no here's the thing though that region doesn't have anything right right so there and there are people that live in that region yeah maybe they don't all live in las vegas
2: but nevada's a pretty big state there's nothing east of it until you hit. They've. Las Vegas has a population of six hundred eight thousand. Right. That's big enough to handle a couple of pro sports teams. Right. You know, yeah. uh, like yeah. what's what's Detroit got these days? Not a whole lot of people, and they've 16. got right, and they've got all four. They got all three sports plus basketball. Right. And uh, they, I think they have a soccer team. Actually, maybe? they
1: only have three sports because basketball isn't even in
2: Detroit. Yeah, no, that's an Auburn house. Yeah, but I, well, football used to be in Pontiac. That's true. But uh, but yeah i don't understand if the only the version had to come down to just gambling because they've got a population there maybe people were thinking like oh yeah it's such everything there is such temporary the whole what happens in vegas stays in vegas kind of thing like no one and people have this idea i think that nobody actually lives there i don't know why they have that idea yeah uh, las vegas the only
1: time anyone ever talks about las vegas it was oh my god i got so trashed yeah las
2: vegas Vegas has always just been the strip to people and it's like no it's a real city actually they're,
1: they're real things to do they have grocery stores they yeah have gas stations in an out
2: burger probably maybe are they oh. close enough to that i don't know but yeah no i think that las vegas will be a will be a decent uh uh city to have teams in. um i think that i think hockey is going to do really well there um I do too. you got a lot of teams out there in the west that are huge draws you got the sharks you got who are recently successful you got the kings who have been winning cups you know yeah you've got you've got teams right there right um so yeah,
1: I I think the Raiders will make the move. I think it will go well. I think it'll be a seamless move. Um I know NFL owners have had their issues with the Davis family throughout the years, but I do think that once hockey is there and thrives, the NFL owners will want to get their hand in that pot too.
2: Totally. There aren't a lot of there aren't a lot of places where there's just a hockey team right
1: yeah i'm trying to th- i mean aside from the canadian city right obviously like
2: you can't say san jose because that whole area is full sports right yeah they, i mean yeah, <laughs> while san jose's market is, is yeah uh, san jose's like you know got got the sharks but they're flanked by uh san francisco right. oakland the niners playing santa clara which is just north yeah. of san diego
1: i mean mm-hmm. over the last few years tampa bay has had just hockey
2: Right, but Hey-oh Hey-oh, yeah, because the the, buck, the Buccaneers but are bad They so they, they, still,
0: they still make money off of those They do I uh, They do quotation, Let me mark, have my sports. joke, Tom No, so rude
2: I am a fan of two teams that are rivals with two Tampa teams
1: Yes, I've so got, my yeah. joke
2: landed with David Yep I did it Good for you I pleased half of my co-hosts I'm enjoying myself David, you've been promoted to full host Oh, God, I'm not ready for that all right, Too you're busy. demoted back
1: to friend of the show. Okay. NFL scores. Three. Nobody scored three? Oh, sorry. San Diego 21, Denver 13 on Thursday night football. Trevor Simeon threw the ball 50 times. That's 4.6 per attempt thanks to his 230 yards. One touchdown, and this game was not even that close. No. Um, Philip Rivers passed Dan Fouts for number one on the Chargers passing yards list, and Hunter Henry had 83 yards and a touchdown. Um, Denver drops to 4-2, and two, San Diego climbs to 2-4 and four.
2: Yeah, Denver's been really disappointing these last two games I was at last week's game in Denver I went with a couple of friends to see Atlanta That game was hard to watch if you were a Denver fan The stadium was quiet for the most part um, it w- it was just really tough. Uh, it took a little while for the Denver defense to wake up. Uh, but once the Denver defense did wake up, they were it was it was far too late. So yeah, Denver. Do we know.
0: do we do we think maybe that that Denver's defense has been figured out and that teams can beat it now?
2: No, I just don't think. I just think they don't have the offense right now to keep things going. The defense is out there for too long.
1: Yeah, i i think I think this might have been an anomaly. Um, I I think Denver's defense will be back, uh, back to full strength and terrorizing quarterbacks pretty soon.
2: Yeah, they gotta get their offense up there too, though. Tre- Trevor Simeon, this is his first game back from injury. That Paxton Lynch, that Paxton Lynch outing was really was really really bad. I think um, it was good for him in the long run, though. Yeah, I mean he needed he needed experience starting a game. He had experience playing a game in the game before that when Simeon got hurt. But yeah, that that Atlanta game that I was at, it was really difficult. Um, to watch. I mean, I was there with Broncos fans, so obviously I was rooting for the Broncos. Right. Uh, and I'm a Saints fan, so I can't stand the Falcons. But the Falcons were perfect, and we also got to see that the Falcons have a defense at that game as well. They had, yeah. they were so good defensively last week. And then, yeah, the game against the Chargers this week, twenty-one to thirteen. That's just not great. Yeah. Well, and they
0: just they couldn't get anything going. Uh, the Chargers nope. did almost blow that lead again.
2: Yeah, the Chargers will try to blow a lead if they can, but um that just shows that just shows how much Denver is struggling right now yeah. that even when the Chargers are trying to lose the game for you, you still can't win it. Right. Um
1: uh Colin Kaepernick's return to starting
0: in the NFL landed with a resounding thud. Yeah. Uh he didn't have a bad game. Really, yeah, so.
1: he had 45% passing.
0: That yeah, that's not good. But he 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 had a a very middle of the road Colin Kaepernick game.
1: Every every miss was a huge miss. Yeah, he it looked
2: Terrible. It was not a great game for Colin, but it was his first game in a long time. It was so just um, like we got to give Paxton a little bit of a break and Simeon a little bit of a break, being off with the injury. Right. Kaepernick's been out a lot longer than those guys,
1: but I but, truly believe he's also worse than
2: those guys. Yeah, yeah. Because we go back to Kaepernick of the past. There's a reason that he lost the job to Gabbert. Right. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, Kaepernick's not the um, best quarterback in the world. Yeah, he finished with 170
1: or 187 yards and a touchdown, 66 rushing yards. In a fumble in the forty-five to sixteen loss to the Buffalo Bills, Lashawn uh, McCoy tearing it up again, one hundred and forty yards and three touchdowns. Buffalo improves to four and two, just a game back of the Pats with a game in hand. Uh, the loss drops San Francisco to one and five. Um the Who Cares bowl this week was Jacksonville against Chicago. Uh that was a barn burner. Jacksonville seventeen, Chicago sixteen. Jacksonville improves to two and three. Uh they only had fifty four rushing yards. Amazing they were able to pull off this this win. Uh Chicago didn't fare much better though. Bortles at two hundred and seventy one yards, a touchdown and a pick. Brian Hoyer over three hundred
0: yards again.
2: Yeah. Um, nope. Jay
0: Cutler's gonna lose his job.
1: He, he is.
2: is. Yeah, what's with that? Uh
1: no touchdowns. Uh Cameron Meredith had 113 receiving yards his second straight game over 100 yards um the game that david attended this weekend detroit beat los angeles 31 to 28 both teams are three and three now
2: yeah i was in detroit yesterday uh for that game case keenum had a career day uh it was amazing that he lost uh, with a career day like that, his passer his uh, passer rating was something like one hundred twenty seven or something around. Yeah, that. he was twenty seven to
1: thirty two, eighty four percent, three hundred twenty one yards three touchdowns he did have the late interception trying to uh come back and tie
2: or win the game and that's gonna happen (laughs) that happens in half the games where a guy has to go down the field and do that yeah It it was a very fun game to watch to to be there you know at the stadium and watch that detroit's defense uh wasn't that great detroit's defense has been good at a lot of times this season uh keeping them into things it wasn't that great if you can make case keenum look like he's tom brady right uh then you're not having a good day stafford had a good day stafford did did. He had four touchdowns, 270
1: throws. yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. No interceptions. In the second straight game.
2: I know it was incredible. The rarity. It was incredible to watch when you when you're there and when you're watching Stafford in person and he's doing well. He is very fun to watch. Yeah. But he did have. Uh, he he was getting a lot of pressure too in the pocket the, yeah, uh, the rams were after him all day did not yep.
1: didn't connect on a lot of them but they were
2: after him no um, but yeah they were chasing him down he i i watched him make uh he he makes a lot of bad decisions with his throws i really only saw one bad decision um there were a couple miss there were a couple misses uh that you think are bad but they weren't they really weren't there yeah, there right. was one where he he threw it across he threw it cross field um it was a very it was a very poor choice and was uh, very nearly picked. But uh, other other than that one bad decision, he was pretty good. Yeah. He had a, he had a couple long throws down the field to Tate.
1: Yeah, Golden um, Tate wound up with 165 yards and a touchdown coming yeah. into the game. He only had 130 something yards, so he produced start. more yesterday than he had all season to that point. Yep. Um for the Rams Todd Gurley 58 yards he still hasn't gone over 100 yards for the
2: season. No, and I was disappointed cuz that's something I really wanted to see. When you go to a game, when you're actually at the game you're like I want to see a guy go off, yeah. especially a guy like Gurley. Uh but he didn't. Um a Gurley like guy? Yeah, there you go. He had a really he had, he had a, he had a few good runs to watch and you know, you got to see his talent in those runs. I had a pretty good angle on that. I was sitting in the end zone so it's almost like you're playing Madden.
1: I like sitting in the end zone at yeah. games. I
2: really do. You, you get see to, everything
1: unfold a little you bit. Really,
2: better. Yes, you really do. You get to see all the coverage. Um, you get to see what everybody's trying to do. Uh he he had a couple good runs up there. But Detroit was playing with such a depleted roster. They show they announced the inactives before the game up on the big screen. It was two pages long. Uh yeah. then they announced the inactives for the Rams. It was just three guys. Right. They were out, uh Detroit was out. Um Ebron, Abdullah, Theo Riddick. Yep. Mm-hmm. and washington so they were oh yeah, that's yeah right. so they were out three running backs
1: so they had Forsett and what is his name zener yes yeah
2: and they were they were, and they both did a great job yeah um yeah no it was a fun it was a fun game to watch you would have liked to see more from the defenses um but it was great to see case keenum have that kind of game it, it crazy, sucks
1: crazy to see case keenum have that
2: kind of game. It sucks for him that they lost yeah uh one thing i want to say about greg Zerline, i think he was one of the worst kickers last year Something like that. It wasn't
1: great, I don't think.
2: Uh, I was watching him during warmups yesterday, and he missed he missed like a forty yarder in warmups, and I saw him bang. Uh, onside kicks don't always go your way, and uh, not a not
0: able to finish off the comeback. Um, well, the uh, the the Titans were the model of consistency. They scored a touchdown in each quarter. Really, I, yeah. did
1: not, I did not notice that. I know they had a lot of lot of success with these big crossing routes. Um, you'd see a guy twenty yards downfield, you know, coming from the right to left, and
0: to all season long, where he he just steps in and and makes the throws and gets some touchdowns and just plays really well without yeah. a lot of mistakes this season. When they got rid of Anderson, that that was pretty much it for them. <laughs> it's sad when Derek Anderson's the best quarterback you've ever had. Um, so
1: staying in the day had an MRI on his leg that revealed a partially partially torn meniscus.
2: Yeah, he left that game yesterday with that knee injury. and uh,
1: I've had a torn meniscus before. <laughs>
2: that injury sucks. Yeah, I, I tore my thumbnail once. I can't even imagine but, but, tearing a meniscus. I mean, that hurt like hell.
0: But then you saw Ben came back into the game as he does... Uh, with
2: every single injury as, he gets, as many idiot quarterbacks will do,
0: that, and that's <laughs> you know that's
1: a lot of why people do talk about he plays up his injuries so that he looks like a tough guy coming back into the game.
0: Well, no, I, I really think that uh, it's kind of hard to play
2: up a torn meniscus. No, though, I'm not you know? saying this specific maybe it, time, but maybe it just didn't hurt. Yeah, you no. know, you never know. Like maybe it just but, didn't, but
1: he didn't. had. I mean, I'm not saying that he does. I'm just right. saying he has this reputation.
0: And,
2: yeah, right. You know, this
1: is kind of why.
0: Right. I I think. Um, sometimes you just kind of need to stay out of the game because you're not really going to help by coming back in and playing at 35%. Like yeah. yesterday when he came back to throw an interception.
2: Yes. Yeah, and he had those, like, well, but, he's uh, had those high ankle sprains in the past, too, where he's tried to play through those. It's like, man, what are you doing? You're yeah. going to hurt yourself. Even worse, you're going to be out for a whole year this time.
0: Right, and, and it, it didn't make sense in the past because we've had uh, backups like Charlie Batch and Bruce Gradkowski. But this year, the backup is Landry Jones again. It should be Mettenberger. It should be anybody but Landry Jones.
1: Well,
0: I don't know about anybody, but it should be Mettenberger instead of It should uh, be you ahead of Landry
1: Jones. Landry Jones is not that bad. Um Pittsburgh's still very much in control. Uh in the AFC North. I think they're a better team than Baltimore who they're well, up, up a game on. Um yeah.
0: well, considering every team in the AFC North lost this week. Yeah, that kind of
1: helps yeah. Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> that was a my yes. My next segue was into another loss for
1: the AFC North. Yeah. New England thirty five Cincinnati seventeen. Uh Cincinnati's two and four on the season. Very disappointing from what everyone thought they were gonna be preseason. God, yeah. Two um, and four
2: is a kind of a shocker for the Bengals, I think.
1: They have had a tough start to the season as far yeah. as schedule goes goes have you know having to face denver and new england and pittsburgh all up front
2: yeah
1: you know so that, that's going to be rough for any team so i mean you look at those three teams they are probably the, well, they are definitely the three best teams in the afc so right. having to face them right out of the gates it's going to be tough for anybody um two of them on the road correct they're out they're in new england they yesterday. started on the road they, they were in pittsburgh as they well. were in pittsburgh so yeah denver was the only one they got at home um Andy Dalton 254 yards, touchdown through the air, touchdown on the ground. Tom Brady 376 yards, tu- uh three touchdowns. Gronk finally had himself a game. 162 through the air and a touchdown, his first touchdown of the season. That's a heck of a lot of yards. Um for a tight end, yes. Yeah. New England uh 5 and 1 on the year now a full game up on denver and pittsburgh in the afc and new england and pittsburgh face off this week so yeah i don't see new england probably going to increase that lead over pittsburgh
2: i don't see new england not winning the division
1: right although the bills are right there on their heels and already beat them
2: yeah they could yeah the bills could be fun that could that could happen but uh, bills just have to
1: handle business against everybody else and they've got a pretty good shot but um and yet again AFC North team on the losing end New York Giants 27 Baltimore Ravens 23 both teams are now 3 and 3 Joe Flacco 48 attempts he keeps throwing the ball 45 plus times
0: I got to I have to know who's calling the plays because if it's Joe Flacco calling the plays he's selfish the head coach needs to have a serious talk with him
1: uh they just fired their offensive coordinator who did they promote
0: Joe Marty Morningweg. Joe Flacco. That's right.
1: So, you know, Morningweg didn't change much. but So he had uh, 307 yards in those 48 attempts. Uh, Terrence West, 87 yards and two touchdowns for the Ravens in the losing effort. Eli Manning threw for 403 yards, three oh touchdowns, and two interceptions. 222 of those yards and two of those touchdowns went to Odell Beckham Jr., who, after making up with the kicking net last week, made out with the kicking net this week and <laughs> yeah. then proposed to the kicking net. <laughs> yeah at the end of the game. That's
2: hilarious. I, I I love that. He's, he's making fun of himself. They're going to make beautiful babies.
0: Yeah. Um, They'll they will be very fast, uh, while standing still.
2: Yes. I, exactly. I, I like Beckham making fun of himself there with that whole thing and kind of, he's kind of killing the joke right now, but I still think it's funny. right. No, I, I, it's, I, it's I enjoyed a, it yesterday. Yeah. It's funny. Um,
1: the CBS had cut to that game after the Browns game had ended. And so I actually got to see the, uh, I had seen the highlight of him, uh, laying on the ground with the kicking net earlier and then i saw him propose to it at the end and uh yeah i definitely laughed out loud on that
2: one. yeah it's gonna get graphic at some point uh, Uh, yeah he's gonna get fined but
1: well maybe his pelvis can out uh yeah
2: out uh perform antonio brown's
1: pelvis
0: in the fine department
2: yeah maybe we'll see Uh, we'll hope
0: did you just say that antonio brown's pelvis is fine no i said it's been fined okay i just wanted you to
1: clear that up for our listeners fined um, we touched on this a little bit earlier. New Orleans forty-one, Carolina thirty-eight. Again, yeah. not going to beat a dead horse. Uh, New Orleans improves to two and three. Carolina's Ooh. one and five. They're done. <laughs> improves. They're they're done. Yeah, Carolina's done. Uh, they're not making the playoffs. Uh, you, you heard it here. Probably thirtieth or thirty-first. I'm sure other people have said it before us, but yeah. we're saying it again. No, they're, they're not making the playoffs. They're
2: awful. Like yeah, okay, they put up thirty-eight points against what the is? Are the Saints the worst defense in history? Yes. Yeah. What are, what are they statistically this year? They got, uh, it's,
1: I believe that they use the turd emoji oh, okay. instead of a
2: number. Yeah. So yeah. So they're turd. Yeah. And uh, not, not third. Thir- not third. Not third, but turd, they're turdiest. Um. But yeah, like I said earlier, I'm not happy winning 41 to 38. No, are you kidding me? No. That's a joke. The Saints, all year long, If, if we're going to let you go blow for blow. And we're going to let you do this in our own stadium. Right. It doesn't matter. We're going to let you go blow for blow, and then someone's going to kick a field goal and win it. Or someone's going to throw an interception and lose it. Um, in, Drew, Drew had a heck of a
1: game. Yeah, in the victory, Drew Brees threw for 465 yards. Yeah, he's a uh, top fantasy quarterback. This four touchdowns. It looked easy.
2: Well,
0: mm-hmm. this season, the, uh, the Saints defense has only allowed fewer than 30 points
2: once. Yeah, that's terrible. Kobe Fleener had a rushing touchdown.
0: He did. Um, uh, he had
2: a
1: 50-yard touchdown reception too, but off a on a broken play.
2: And, yep. Yep, on a bad on a on, or a
1: bad bad route. Yeah, it was, it was a bad, bad route. Routes. That's what it
2: was. It was a misread and Kobe Fleener <laughs> ends up scoring a 50-yard yeah. touchdown. Uh, Brandon, some Serendipity there.
1: Brandon Cooks 173 yards and a touchdown. Jonathan Stewart returned from injury for the Panthers had 85 yards and two touchdowns um philadelphia lost their second straight game uh yeah what's happening washington beat them 27 to 20 uh phillies three and two washington four and two matt jones had 135 yards and a touchdown kirk cousins had 263 yards and two touchdowns in the win uh wentz was sacked five times and they did not have an offensive touchdown yeah uh they had a special teams touchdown on a kick return and they had a defensive touchdown malcolm jenkins had a 64 yard interception return um you know, to be expected, he's a rookie quarterback, he's going to have his troubles, the offensive line was not good for them yesterday, and right. the receivers were not able to get themselves open.
2: We've talked a lot about Carson Wentz on this show, Um, so, you know, if we end up being wrong about something, then, then we're wrong, but it's it's two losses in a row we'll see what happens going forward like yeah. you said he is a rookie quarterback i still think he's really good um
1: yeah, there are gonna be growing pains and I, yeah. Yeah, I do agree he is still very good you know like i said he didn't throw his first interception until the end of the game last week right and even then you know questionable no call on that um but he, he's still very good um and I think they'll rebound as the season goes on. Well, I think they'll be right in the thick of it for that NFC lead.
0: He's gonna he's gonna go through the rest of this season, and he's he's going to have to learn very quickly to just manage a good quarter. Seeing Washington play this Sunday, haven't haven't decided yet if I'm gonna pull the trigger on that.
2: Or yeah, anything, I haven't I haven't uh, either.
1: Definitely thinking about it. Uh, in the later games, Kansas City beat Oakland twenty six to ten. Uh, Kansas City is now three and two, just half game back Oakland and Denver. Uh Amari Cooper had 129 yards in the loss, really the only highlight for Oakland. Yeah. Um Spencer Ware had 131 yards and a touchdown for the Chiefs and their defense had two sacks and interception, forced two fumbles, recovering one.
2: Yeah, that's not bad.
0: That whole division is just really strange this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um there's a pretty good look if Buffalo stumbles, there's a pretty good chance the AFC West puts
1: three teams in the playoffs. Again, long season if right. Buffalo stumbles. Um, you know, obviously the AFC South isn't getting anyone in besides the division winner. Yeah, no. Um, and the North isn't either. Right. So um Dallas beat Green Bay thirty to sixteen in a game that was not even that close. Uh Dak Prescott Ezekiel Elliott finally broke through the Packers line, first back this year to do it. Uh hundred and fifty seven. If you if you ever needed a rebound game. Yeah, it's the Bears. This is the game. Think about the relaxed game from a couple seasons ago. Right. You know, Aaron Rodgers spelled it out for everyone. Told everybody to relax. And what did they do? They went out and whipped the Bears.
2: Yeah. So Right,
0: but the Bears have Brian Hoyer now. Oh no!
2: It's a, well, it's an interesting, you know, because of that division, it's an interesting matchup next week between the Vikings visiting the Eagles. Uh, are the Eagles going to lose three straight? Are the Vikings going to be six and zero? You know, this has huge implications right. for the Packers right now. Right. You know I mean, if the Vikings keep winning, and you know, they could just I don't know, they could. win. Well, did I the, say?
1: Green Bay was backed. I said a game and a half. They're two games back.
2: Yeah, I messed. They're two games. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So so. It, it's going to be really tough for Green Bay if the Vikings keep winning and with what the Eagles have done the past two games who knows coming back home after the washington loss could uh revitalize them pump them up a little bit well i but sure hope so yeah that's that's well, what I, the packers <laughs> need I and mean, you got you got detroit and the packers now both I, with the same amount of wins um, i mean not the same amount of losses right but the same and amount everybody has a
1: game in hand by <laughs> defeating detroit head to head
2: right but that division is like a little closer than maybe we thought it would be at this point right um,
1: the last late game yesterday, um, Seattle beat Atlanta 26-24. to Yeah. Very questionable call at the end of this game. Yeah, that Richard was... Richard Sherman mugged Julio Jones. Yeah, and he did. No one seemed to care except the Falcons. Yeah. Um, the loss drops Atlanta to 4-2. Seattle 4-1. and one. Um, Christine Michael had two touchdowns. Their defense had four sacks, two of them coming from Cliff Averill. They had an interception and a fumble recovery. Matt Ryan at 335 yards and three touchdowns in the loss. Julio Jones hauling in 139 of those yards and one of those touchdowns. Atlanta got hosed big time. Yeah, they did. The pass interference, I believe, it definitely would have kept the drive alive, obviously. It was on fourth down, uh, end of the game. Uh, I don't know if it would have put them into field goal range or not, but... Obviously, they still had plenty of time and would have had a would have had a shot or two to move down a little bit closer from there, or at least throw a hail mary uh, if it got down to it. But just there's been poor officiating all over the league this year. It's been this way for a few years.
2: Uh, just just bad to bad to see it cost a team a game like this. Um, yeah, as much as I personally don't want Atlanta to win in all these games, they probably should have won that game yesterday. Right.
0: Well, I mean they you you got to take advantage of of all of your chances and honestly they, they wouldn't have been in that position that late in the game.
2: Yeah. If they had
0: taken care of business earlier, but it's always you still gotta get that call right.
2: Right. No, it's always a good point that yeah, maybe the team shouldn't have been in a situation where they lose by two. But uh, you know, Seattle's defense was was great the whole game too, forcing that fumble from Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um uh, it was
1: I mean, it was a good game, just sad that it was marred at the end like that. Um I honestly think the way they've played so far this season, Atlanta is the best team in the NFC. Yeah,
2: they're not. I know Minnesota out.
1: doesn't have a loss,
2: right? But I think that Atlanta is the best team in the NFC so far. Yeah, I think, and I, I hate to agree, but yeah, I think they are. Um well, they've been they're they're the real deal to go into Denver like that, you yeah. know, and st- and still pull that out against such a great defense, a defense that can win games no matter who their quarterback is. Right. Um, um,
1: that being said, I do also believe that Seattle is probably the second best team in the NFC right now. Yep. And again, I know Minnesota's undefeated. I know that. Yeah. Well, but from what I've seen from Seattle and Atlanta so far, I believe head-to-head either one of them would beat the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Well, Seattle and Atlanta both have a better uh, caliber quarterback than do the Vikings, and... I mean, Matt Ryan's playing at an MVP level. Yes, he is. He's. I mean, he's he's going to be the unanimous pick if the season continues the way it is. Realistically, only because they'll finish with a winning record while the Saints finish
1: with a losing record. Because I think Breeze's numbers have been superior to Matt Ryan so right. far. Well, Breeze. Yeah, they've been great, especially when you consider the team that's surrounding him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. But no, I mean, really good matchup, really good game between those two teams, and I. I kind of believe that we're going to see them play in the postseason, so yep. hopefully we have that to look forward to. Uh, Sunday Night Football last night looked like a laugher.
2: There was a game last night?
1: Yeah. Um, Houston was leading 23-9, to nine, or no, I'm sorry. Indianapolis was leading 23-9 to nine with seven minutes left. Houston went on to score two touchdowns in that time, tied the game, and sent it to overtime. Uh, Andrew Luck had 252 yards A touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Frank Gore had 106 yards, the first 100-yard rusher for the Colts in almost three seasons. Yeah. Um, Osweiler had 269 yards and two touchdowns, and Lamar Miller ran for 149 yards and a touchdown. Indianapolis had this in the bag, and yep. they just absolutely blew it on defense down the stretch. Um, and then they blew it again in overtime. They had first possession and couldn't do anything with it. Houston marches right down the field and kicks the game winning field goal. Uh, actually, Houston would have been ahead at the end of regulation had Nick Novak not missed an extra point early on in the game. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, good for him to be able to redeem himself there in overtime and get the win for them.
2: Yeah, I know how unprofessional it might sound sometimes, but God, some of these late games, it's just how do I watch this? You know. I know. <laughs> how do I, I watch how do I watch the Colts at Texans?
1: You look at the matchup it, and you're just like, Nope, I'm gonna fall asleep yeah. about no, five ta- minutes left in the second.
2: Yeah, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to watch those when they're the only game on. I watch so after, hard to be excited.
1: From the time the Cubs game ended till the time I went to bed, I did watch the end of this
2: game. Right, yeah, and yeah, and I caught some of it too, but it's it's just so you know, you see the matchup, and you're like, "Good job, NFL! You actually, did it again."
1: Actually, that's partially untrue. I did watch ten minutes of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Part Two, with my wife before oh, I turned on the football. Oh game. yeah,
2: it's, it's October. It's Harry. It's Harry Potter time. Right. We right. gotta watch so, Harry Potter.
1: You know, I actually. Um, for the longest time, I had only seen 20 minutes of one Harry Potter film, and it was the same 20 minutes. But I had seen it like nine times. Yeah, and it was it was the it was the uh, tournament that they have, and the goblin, and the and fourth everything. one, yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Goblet fire. when uh, the vampire kid bites it. Yeah, spoilers. Um, I get it. So then... Oh, he bites then, it. Yeah, yeah, thank you.
2: Um, I didn't get it right away until Tom said he got it. Then, so, I had, then I'm thinking, what did Tom get? So, and then I got it.
1: For for years, it was the only part of any of those films I've seen. Now, I've seen the same 10 minutes of The Deathly Hallows Part 2 <laughs> about 13 times. That's all. That's the only 30 minutes I've seen of any of those films.
2: Hey, wow, still? Still. That's great. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, my wife loves the books, read yeah. every single one of them. Well, at least the Goblet of Fire part has a uh, sports theme there it does yeah and that was
1: why i brought it up yeah it's still sports related exactly so i was able to tie it all together
2: definitely um, good job doing that I and did. it's amazing you did it with such subtlety and we didn't even talk about it today. harry
0: potter bros coming next week yeah actually just goblet of fire bros there's probably already uh that would
2: work probably on this network do we have a Harry Potter show, Eric? Can we have a Harry Potter show, Eric? Can it be Can it be the three of us who haven't read any of the books, but we've seen the movies? That would be awesome. And me,
1: who's
0: only seen 30 minutes we would irritate, between two oh movies. Oh, my
2: God. We'd irritate so many people. That's a way to build a fan base. We'd irritate really so many people, like more people than the people that are currently listening to this. Right. So sports. Um,
0: Man,
1: the, Tom is so focused on this sports thing. The Why AFC, can't you just
0: live your life, Tom? I am. The AFC South, not a single team... Has scored more points than they've given up. Ouch. Ouch. The closest is (laughs) the Tennessee Titans, who are only minus seven in that category. You know,
1: they're starting to get their stuff together. I think they could make a run at that division.
2: It's three and three. Yeah, they're not that far behind. Only a game back. Yeah. Yeah. They were struggling, you know, early and they had that. But they had that win against Detroit. Ugly win against Detroit. Yeah. But. A few more ugly wins and they could be threatening. Right. Well,
1: we'll, we'll see. Uh, as the season plays out, I think Mariota is only going to get stronger. And that running attack is going to be quite the force come It'd November, be nice. or December. You
2: have a second. He was a second overall pick, was he? Mariota, yep. Yeah, you have a second overall pick like that. You expect him to do something someday. It's only been a couple years, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh just yeah,
1: last season and handful of games this year so far, but he's looked really good over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um my son has him as his fantasy football quarterback and he's been very pleased to have started him yeah. over the course of the season. Yeah, over, been, over yeah. Cam Newton in a lot of cases. Yeah. Uh just one more game on the docket for this week. Uh the Jets one and four visiting the Cardinals two and three tonight. Uh I believe we all picked the Cardinals. Uh nobody really actually cares. Um <laughs> Yes, yeah. our picks are terrible. Uh, we don't care. You don't care. But we're doing it anyway.
2: Yeah, we've had a rough. We've had a rough go of it with our picks. I don't know what the heck it is. I don't know. I, we're done. It's over. The, no the, more.
0: These teams are not uh, playing the way we expected them this this year. I think we just
2: dumb. I blame the NFL.
0: I blame Roger Goodell.
2: Yeah. But everybody blamed
1: Roger Goodell, Tom.
2: I know. We're at the point, though, in our show where we do need to take the easy route. Just blame the NFL and Roger Goodell for all of our problems. That's true. That's true. While we while we get it together behind the scenes. Yeah.
1: Also, uh, we can blame the NFL for other things in our lives, too.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah. everything, everything's affected by this show in our lives. Um, so, Tom has requested that we stop calling the segment Tom's Bag of Nuts. Um, Those are the nuts. And... He wants he he's okay with calling it bag of nuts, but he doesn't want his name attached to it for some reason.
2: Yeah, I don't understand it.
1: Um, I can't imagine why. Well, David, I'm gonna re-promote you up those two levels to full host again. Oh boy! And now we're gonna take a vote. Who wants to call it Tom's bag of nuts?
2: Well, do we? Does Tom have something to say today?
1: It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's embarrassing for
0: him, so we're gonna keep doing it.
2: No, I. I... I don't know. We'll 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 do this. We'll do this of getting that wrong. Assistant delivery boy. Oh my god. <laughs> assistant to the assist, delivery boy. To the delivery boy. Canada, you can have McDavid. He's my gift to you. You know, I think we should. T-
0: and Peter Budai, who is middling as, as goaltenders go.
2: Yeah, he's been around a little a little while. Not really doing anything. He's kind of a journeyman backup.
1: Well, oh, too bad. Every team doesn't have a backup, Karellen or Anti.
2: Yeah, you guys have two backups, no starter yep. in Dallas. Yep. Remember,
1: don't let the Anti Niemi touch the Niemi.
2: What is Dallas? They're one and one. Right one now. and one. Yeah, we're still we're still very uh early in the NHL season. Right. Yeah, there, I mean nothing's no.
1: been proven yet, other
2: than the fact that Austin Matthews is awesome. Chicago is underperforming. They are. They're certainly. one and they're one and two. They're last in that in the Western Division. Yeah. Um, or conference or they can't kill
1: a
0: penalty group. Uh, or absolutely whatever. not. I, I watched uh, both of their losses um, and. They just seem lost out there on the penalty kill. They can't get the puck and get it out of the zone. Um, there are, there are shots coming from the blue line, right right from the center of the blue line, and it's they're just going
2: right through Crawford. Maybe we got St. Louis in number one there, which is kind of interesting. Yeah,
1: too. Yeah, we all we all expected them to to have a strong showing this year, so not too big of a surprise, I guess. But um. And you know, with Dallas's goaltending woes, it's no surprise that they yeah. gave up five goals to a team like Colorado, who does have right. a pretty high-powered offense.
2: But yeah, it is incredibly early because Colorado's played uh, one game. Right. So it's a it's right. we want we want to talk hockey. We're just not getting a lot right now. I mean, we got the Jonathan Quick story, and we yeah. I I think that's going to be a huge impact on the Kings, I, who are I always agree. competitive. Um,
0: right. They are uh, they're zero uh, two. Right. Yeah.
2: And they've been so competitive, and they've been in the playoffs these past. I over many years, winning winning the two cups that they won, they're always a big force in the playoffs. But then to have Jonathan Quick out for that long, that's going to hurt them. It's going to change the landscape. It's going to make it's going to push teams like the Sharks up a little higher. Yep, you know when it comes to the final standings and stuff like that.
1: Uh, We will get into hockey a lot more as time goes on, and um, obviously once football ends, it'll be a lot of hockey and basketball from us. Um, But while football is going on, uh, one more thing to talk about from the world of football. Uh, Fox Sports president says a possible Big 12 expansion isn't a good idea uh the big 12 has 10 teams because math Mm -hmm. um and they've been talking for a while about expanding they you know they want to get two more in there at the very least uh byu houston cincinnati have been tossed around as schools to to pull in um but uh eric shanks the president of fox sports doesn't think that it's a good idea um I have to disagree. They don't you know, they don't have the the conference championship because they only have 10 teams. They don't uh, you know, they don't have enough teams for them to really be a relevant conference anymore when all the other ones have 14, 16 teams and everything like that. Uh, I think they're in danger of losing their big five status if they don't expand.
0: Yeah. Well, who comes in to take it away from them, though? Which which conference? I don't think anyone has to take it away from
1: them. They, you know, it's not like there's an official big. I mean, there is an kind of unofficial big five, but like there's not a committee that says, you know, oh nope, you're out. You're not a big five conference anymore. It just kind of happens. They're not viewed as as being that big anymore and eventually then the people that decide the bowl games and things don't view them as a big five and drop them out of you know automatic bowl and stuff like that
0: All right well there there there's there's the issue of that and there's there's also from a monetary standpoint um it's viewed as being better for the broadcasters if they don't expand right now because they if they don't expand there's a lot more money to go around for the teams that are there, and and right. there's a lot less, you know, work for people who have to cover 10 as opposed to 12 or 14 teams.
1: Well, I, I mean, I get that side of it, but, you know, if you, if you want to be competitive and taken seriously, you need to have the same number of teams as the other big conferences. Right. You know, right now the MAC, I believe, has more teams than that. Oh, yeah, I think they have twelve. Yeah, yeah, they do. You know, uh,
0: and the the problem though is they've they've already courted these teams. They they've already been you know offering these spots to to like Cincinnati and that, and that's going to hurt those teams because they're going to go back and say they're going to have to try and convince everyone that they didn't want to go to that conference anyway. And right, it, it's just a hassle for for teams like that who obviously you're not. You're not courting the the big, big schools. You're courting some, you know, sort of mid-level FBS schools. um, And they need, you know, positive publicity.
1: Well, the way Houston's been performing the last couple of years, you know, I think they'd be be an incredible addition uh, to the Big 12. And I I think BYU would be a solid addition as well. Um, You know, they might not always be the best out there, but they've got the name recognition and the history. So I think that would be a good addition as well. Uh, I've always... I've always been in favor of realigning everything um, by region, but that's obviously never going to happen because the money right. isn't there. I mean, you look at you look at football just in our area. Yeah, you know, we've got what eight teams in it, seven or eight teams in Ohio. You got another five or six up in Michigan. We could have our own conference just in these two states.
2: Pretty much, yeah. yeah. But then there there would be levels you know you'd have yeah no one wants to see bowling green playing osu every year right right like as good as bowling green was the past three years
0: as
1: time goes on nobody wants to see indiana play osu every year either because yeah
0: osu is just rolling over indiana time and time again so i wouldn't say rolling over they do have trouble
1: oh well yeah, nobody wants there... to
0: see anybody playing Rutgers
1: anytime Ex- yes, ever. Exactly that right there. I mean, th-
0: yeah, you know, Rutgers, is...
2: Rutgers, OSU is the equivalent of OSU Akron. Yeah, that wasn't really fun to watch. <laughs> so you know, I don't think I
1: don't think arranging it geographically would would improve or hurt any of these matchups.
2: Well, then they probably won't do it. If it's not gonna have a right. you well, know, lo- I, I just think logistically
1: I think it makes a little bit more sense. Also for the for the playoff, I think they need to expand to sixteen teams, eleven conference winners and five at large. But yeah. a lot of ideas I have about college football that they're never gonna use because they don't use their brains when it comes to college sports.
0: Well, even if they just expand just have the, the power five conferences, all their winners are in the playoff, and then three at large.
1: I don't know. I like I like the idea of a team like Western Michigan winning the MAC and then maybe going and upsetting, uh, you know, a team like Florida or Alabama or whoever from the SEC just on that one fluke weekend. Uh, you know, I know the saying is any given Sunday, but any given Saturday.
0: I mean, you'll you'll still you'll still get those. Uh, you you take you know give at least one uh, one spot to a conference winner from outside of the power 5. Yeah. And and see what they can do.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I the playoff needs to be fixed. I see a lot of uh you know playoff rankings already and like, you know, who's going to be in the playoff and everything. How can you do that when Michigan and Ohio State still have to play each other? There's no clear-cut path for either one, for for both of them to make it to Right. Uh, To make it to the college football playoff. But I I also think it's a little bit too early for that regardless. I think we're still two or three weeks away from being able to. There are still too many undefeated teams. Yes, definitely. Um, Well, I think that's it for college football talk. And we are going to hop into the ballpark of the week courtesy of David. Oh, okay. We're doing we're doing me today, huh? Well, yeah. We, we went you, Tom, and no, me. Or it would be my week. What yeah Oh, okay. yeah, I went Tom first. Started. Tom kicked yeah. it off, All in right. Episode one. Yeah, I was Curtis? gonna say.
2: Don't make me look unprepared here.
1: Oh, well, I thought you were. <laughs> go, I thought you were gonna come back and do Denver anyway.
2: Oh no no. We're gonna we're, we'll just we'll we'll go in the order. All right. Tom, Tom's prepared anyways. He's
0: Tom is, and I see what he's looking up on his computer. Yep. Uh, I, we're gonna talk about this 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 week. We're gonna talk about the University of Notre Dame stadium
2: i don't want to talk about that so in denver
0: no notre dame and that's an end of it anyway uh every every year i i like to try and get out to notre dame stadium thankfully i haven't been able to get there this year where they've been horrible
1: i got there this year they
0: won that game (laughs) um notre dame stadium it's a it's the basic sort of college football stadium where it's just a ring of seats that go up and up and up and you're like way way far away from the action but it's it gets incredibly loud because there's you know 90,000 people there all screaming at the refs at the same time soon to be more yeah
1: actually the official capacity is 80,795 they're they're doing construction right now all around the stadium I can't, I can't wait to see that when it's all
0: finished. Right, they're they're adding a, a, a bunch of new stuff on the exterior as well as the interior. And um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's a college stadium, so they're all, you know, I don't think there's a bad college stadium out there simply because of the atmosphere of a, of a college football game day.
2: What kind of things are they adding? Is it just mostly cosmetic stuff or are they putting in new cool features or something?
0: It's just mostly cosmetic.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and what I do love is that uh, with, with the building materials that they've used, they've been able to uh, use the same type of bricks and keep everything meshing well, not only yeah. with what exists for the stadium, but on the campus as a whole.
2: Yeah, it's such a good-looking campus that you, yeah, everything kind of matches in yeah. there. Um, what are some of the unique things that they they tend to have or do at, at Notre Dame games? I've never well, been out to well, South Bend for a game. touchdown Jesus yeah, first touch, and fir- yeah.
1: foremost. Um, now, it's a, it's a large mural uh the actual name of it is The Word of Life. It's by
2: Millard Sheets. It's not the Immaculate Reception. No. That'd be a good term. Has anyone used that for anything? Uh yeah. Oh darn. Um it's uh it's the
1: resurrected Jesus. It was uh it was put up in nineteen sixty four. And it so it's it's Jesus standing there with his arms held upright as if he's signaling a touchdown. Well, okay then. Uh, I don't yeah. I don't think there's so a single here's... Notre Dame game. Where they don't show touchdown oh, okay. Jesus.
2: Yeah. is there a uh, what? So do they have like a anything cool with their presentation when they come out on the field? I mean, I know a lot it's of pretty these pretty basic, is it? It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty basic. Uh, you know, but they, it's a good looking ball field. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they it's call gorgeous, out.
0: and the the views around it are gorgeous. You know, if if you're uh, if you're walking up to your to your seats, um, the the ramps are on the exterior like of the building, and there's you know views out. And you can see just all around campus, and and you get a, a really good view when you walk up to your seats. And then inside the stadium, you get a great view, and you get to watch some hopefully good football.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of it for Notre Dame, it's it's not so much about the stadium. As it is the stuff around the stadium and the passion of the fans inside the stadium. And um, Yeah, Notre Dame is a
2: pretty big deal, yeah. historically.
1: After uh, I, I know a few other colleges have adopted this and do it as well, but after each Irish score, um, the Leprechaun will do push-ups. However many points the, uh, the team scored, the mascot will do the push-ups all the way up to that number. Uh, and fans in the stands will do them as well. And the way that they do it is a group of fans will pick up one fan and they will toss them up in the air as if they're doing the push-ups. And you see it all through the student section and sometimes into the other sections as well. That's a lot of work. Uh, Tom and I, it gets to
0: be even more work when they play teams like UMass and (laughs) score 62 points.
1: Yes. 62 points. And they were doing it all the way to the end. It's It's one of those fun traditions
2: there. Um, does the leprechaun have a name? A lot of these guys have names. Do they give him a name? I don't believe so. The leprechaun no. I, I, don't, needs a I, name. I don't
1: think I've ever heard him referred to as oh, you know
2: O'Malley. He needs a name like Patrick or Liam. Yeah. you know i don't I don't
1: think he's ever been referred to by anything. um
0: anyway, but, yeah, the uh, the stadium is just you know that's only a, a small part of of the whole experience of it. um every every time I go there i i I like to walk around the campus and there's this one place they 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 put up a a little tent thing and they serve steak sandwiches it's the knights of columbus it's the knights of columbus apparently and it's you know on a on a really really cold day where the wind is whipping around you get this uh you get this steak sandwich and you and you just that just warms you up
2: for the game and and gets you ready to go you were there for a really really cold day once weren't you talk about talk about that experience Who, Um, who are they playing then
0: they were playing BYU. And that was a that was a pretty good game. It was a lot closer than any any of the people in the stands wanted it to be. Yeah. Um. Uh. I went with Michael, and we were both you know bundled up to the gills with uh, sweaters and and scarves and hoodies. And yeah. All that.
2: Indiana gets a little cold.
0: Yeah. And um, that game was pretty cool because at halftime the the marching band did a tribute to the forward pass to the first forward pass uh, by Newt Rockney and the. The band on the field made these figures, you know, in, in their little field designs, and it was two figures. One of them threw a football to the other one, and it was just something really cool to see.
2: Yeah, we and the three of us have a special affinity for marching bands because not only are... You know, did we all play sports? But we also were, um, or is it sports? Sports, sports. Not only were we all sports guys, but we were, we were also all, all in marching bands. So that's that is actually a highlight for us at college football games. I know for very many people, it's not. They go up and they get a hot dog, use the bathroom, whatever. And that's fine. You don't have to appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Yes, we um, do. You know, we we, we love watching it. Um, I'm not going to go so far as to say that it's a sport in itself, but it's something you can still compete at. Yes. It's something you can Which still... Which we all, we all have competed and, at. Yes, and we've all been to marching band competitions and yeah. and concert and it, band competitions. And uh, so it's a real joy for us when we go to college games because not only are we getting that football product, but we're also getting that cool halftime show. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if, any, if any of you ever go to an OSU game... Like you want to watch that show? The OSU marching band is one of the best in the world. Yeah, and well, they put they on... are
0: called the best damn band in the land. Yeah, there I you go. Disagree
2: with that fact, <laughs> but, um... but they they have such a they put on such a put out such a good product that that halftime show um, all the time. And you know you gotta you gotta realize like the amount of work that it takes for a college marching band to pull off what they're doing. There's just as much precision as in many other competitions. But
1: yeah, one of my One of my favorite things in in regards to the marching band is the trumpets under the dome. Before every game, the trumpet section from the Notre Dame band will go inside the Golden Dome and play Notre Dame Our Mother and the Notre Dame Victory March. If you get a chance to go to a Notre Dame game in your life go to the trumpets under the dome. It is one of the most amazing things people cram in there and it, you got to get there early you got to get there at least 45 minutes before to be able to get a, to be able to get a spot under the dome to be able to look up and there's there's two rings as you go up that the uh, trumpet players stand in and they'll play down they'll play up so it echoes through the dome and it's just one of the greatest things and I I am a former trumpet player as well I'm still a trumpet player not as much as I used to be um so that's that's extra special for me to watch um i i did get to go to it this last this last time i went actually without tom this year well it's um, all
2: part of the experience too i mean that's yes, that's right. the thing about going to these games and going to these ballparks is many of them are such beautiful stadiums but they also got such cool stuff going on tied to the presentation of the sport you're going to see right football seems to do it way more than any other sport as far as these extra these extra features of their presentation, marching bands with college is such a huge part of it. Um, they such a they're such a massive part of it. Seeing something like Notre Dame doing that, that's pretty unique. You know, having like no, them...
1: yeah, no one else has the golden dome to go yeah. to do that.
2: Kind yeah, of, no, that kind of stuff. You usually just see the band at during the game, sitting in their section yeah. or doing the halftime show. Um,
1: they but, also do a concert on the stairs before they head out to the, head out to the stadium too. Right, right before the trumpets come over to the dome.
2: Yeah, so you don't you have to be into marching band and all that. You're still there, seeing like this cool hearing hearing this cool presentation. Well, and then it's all part of the whole pomp and circumstance of the game.
0: On top of that, um, before the game, w- when the players go to the stadium they actually they walk to the stadium and you can you know people line up and and watch them walk and you know they'll take pictures and 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 get high fives from their favorite players and and that's a really cool thing too you know you get to see them you know they're they're they've already prepared for the game and now they're going to go play it yeah
1: tom and i were able to line up the one year and we were not even two feet from from coach kelly um. So it was a pretty cool experience. Uh,
2: um, during the during today's show, I left for a minute because I got a call from the Detroit Lions, and I, I informed the representative on the phone that uh, we had just covered yesterday's game for you on our podcast. So uh, maybe maybe when I have them call back later, I'll uh, have a little conversation. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. <laughs> he seemed pretty excited about it. Nice. He said, "All right, well, I'll let you get back to the studio."
1: Awesome. <laughs> well, back uh back into Notre Dame uh just so many things to do on a campus uh you got the cathedral you got the grotto you got all this all this just wonderful stuff
2: uh um, catholic it's even it's, yeah, that, more yes. of a, it's more of a special it's a more it, of a special it, treat if you're catholic yeah it is
1: a little bit more special for me uh than it is
0: for yeah for maybe other people um, i
2: mean i would still appreciate seeing all the stuff but right it, you know but it, i mean it, it's, it's Notre Dame you know
0: and it's it's really difficult to do all of it in just one Saturday, you know?
2: Yeah, and then to do it every Saturday home game. Yeah. yeah. But, right, right. So um I I'd love to go back again this year, but
1: not with the way Notre Dame football is playing right now.
0: Do they play Rutgers later?
1: <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. So Well, I think that does it for the stadium. Uh any more News to go over, guys?
0: No, I I don't think so. No.
1: All right. Well, that is it for Ballpark Bros. Uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and we will be coming back at you next Monday with our NBA preview show, and of course, all the scores and highlights from the uh, NFL games of the week and the MLB playoffs. And the MLB playoffs. A little bit more
2: NHL now that there will be some. Yes. Um, yeah. There's gonna be there's gonna be a lot going on for a long time. So we will talk to you guys next week.